welcome to the sixth episode of View from the Black Cab, the Apprentice podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Hampton, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit, who, because I'm colorblind, had to tell me what colour African black soap was last night, Anthony Williams. Good evening. Good evening, and Ant is much more sober than he was last week. Oh yes, I am definitely a member of this planet again. I don't know why I'm perpetuating the myth that actually it was just a very bad hangover. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat is fine. You know, just just mock the afflicted, I don't mind. And yet another, I would say, fantastic episode. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. It's, it's usually one of my favourite tasks when they have to go shopping, but it was there were some lovely little moments. And despite the fact that one of my favourite people got fired, what a way for Hunter and Rebecca to get out. Yeah, best exit speech ever, I think. One of them, definitely. The best since Karmic Retribution from Series 6. Karmic Retribution will be brought upon them. Very well observed, I found. It's just so good. And that's the sort of episode that I need. Yes, yeah, we need that every week. I just want challenges that are a complete mess. I mean, next week's looks like a complete and utter mess. As we've said before, nobody's interested in watching them do well. We want them to screw up. We want them to make silly mistakes so we can shout at the telly on a Thursday night. That's that's what it's for. Exactly. I know it's a good episode when I am too busy taking notes to live tweet it. Yeah, I did, I did notice you were very quiet. I was very quiet, purely because there was a lot of detail to write down, and I was just engrossed in how stupid everyone was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it took took stupid to a whole new level, I think. It was good fun. I had to remind myself to live tweet. <laughs> you know it's a good episode when you forget to start tweeting about it. And there was one point where I, uh, I said, apologies to anyone expecting me to live tweet, I'm just too busy making notes, because this is a fantastic episode. Yeah, that's why I never make notes the first time I watch anything have to watch it twice so previously the teams were tasked to launch a crowdfunding campaign where they peddled bike products to the public and to trade jd's laid-back attitude as project manager saw him fade into the background again and his team were left with free reign uh, samuel took charge of titans but lost the support of most of his team when he took some questionable decisions however they somehow won sending nebulous to the boardroom for a record equaling fifth time Hunter, Rebecca, and Kartik were brought back, but it was laid-back King of the Spoons, JD, who was fired. And did you notice that the episode opened with some new clips in the intro? Yeah. For the first time ever, they updated the intro to include later tasks mid-season. Yeah, and I was desperately trying not to take any notice of it because I don't want it to sort of spoil things. But it spoiled the boot this week. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was try- I was trying to like, oh, don't watch that. Just let it let it drift over. But yeah, there were just some definite spoilers that certainly ruined this boardroom. And the candidates are, as is traditional, once a series, relaxing on a well earned day off with cameras around. Yeah, because that's what you do on a day off is get filmed. And uh, yeah, nice bit of Sofian with his face cream there. All good. Oh, face cream. I might have to send you the face cream clip now. It's the joke that keeps on giving. It really is. Especially as the unexpected uh, appearance of it during Anne's bio on Major Race Canada. I didn't believe Logan when he sent me a message saying Anne has actually put face cream as the one thing she would bring. It's a tradition now. So at 2.30pm they get a call and Kartik completely cocks up answering the phone. 
It goes into full-on James Bond mode, doesn't he? Hi, Kartik here. It's more that he does not understand how to accept the call. <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> so he just sort of plays around with it for about half a minute. Yeah, and they're all going, it's that button, it's that button, press that button. And they are summoned to the 69th <laughs> floor of the Shard for this week's task announcement, which is the traditional, here's a list of nine items, uh, go buy them for the lowest price, but they get to do it at night. And we get to hear Courtney saying Lord Sugar's going to take them up the Shard, which predictable, Courtney, predictable. And we find out that Kartik's hobbies include eating, drinking, and making love. In that order, specifically. That's a, a normal Saturday night for him. First he eats, then he drinks, and then he makes love. And then I make love all night to a beautiful lady. Creepy. He is very creepy. And Francis wants to be project manager. Yeah, and everybody's going, yeah, because um, clearly Rebecca is going to be project manager. But, you know, that's nice. That's good. That's fine. It's good, good that you want it, Francis. Yeah, but it's not your week because Lord Sugar's made it really clear that Rebecca's got to be PM this week. And because Nebulas are back to being 7-5 down, because they've not won a task, Trishna gets condemned to join them. Yeah, poor old Trishna. It was uh, never looking good for her from the minute she had to walk over and then gets lumbered with the PM job. And they have to return to the Shard by 6am and have a grand suspend. And the team who spends the least wins. And in the losing team, one person will finally escape their nightmare on Nebulous by being fired. And to help them along the way, they've got £1,000, business directories and something called a map. Not quite sure what that is. Um, and as quite rightly my wife pointed out, why the hell has nobody got a smartphone? They're not allowed it. But why? What is the benefit of withdrawing the most useful tool for this task? It's silly. Because I remember in previous iterations of this task, they actually make, that Lord Sugar likes to actually make people do their research, for want of a scoop in reference, and um, actually research the places in the business directory. And they are only allowed phones that only ring out. It's bonkers. It is silly. It's half the fun of the task. They can't make it too easy by going, where's the cheapest place to get a tahini? I think that it's still managed to find a way of screwing it up, even with Google. Apparently there's something called a Yellow Pages that still exists. Apparently so. Not quite sure what that is. They managed to muddle through somehow. So, Trishna volunteers as Nebulous PM, despite the fact that Rebecca basically said she would do it regardless of the task this week. Yeah, and everybody's looking at her as like, you going to volunteer now, Rebecca? No, no, not volunteering. No, okay then. Do you think that if Nebulous had somehow won, Lord Sugar would have still fired her for not stepping up? I think it's a distinct possibility. There was no um, no illusion here. She should have been PM this week and she ducked it. And I think that's probably a bigger part of why she went even more so than the uh, monumental cock-up. But Karsik said it the week before. Karsik said, give me a chance to be project manager. And he hasn't done it either. I don't know. They they went out of their way to show it in the edit, though, that she should have stepped up. So I think it was a fairly significant mistake. And Courtney apparently is still on the series and volunteers as Titans PM. Apparently still around. And this task is going to take him way past his bedtime, but he's still still going for it. 
And Nebulous, no London, especially Paul, so he becomes yet again the sub-team leader. Yep, that seems to be a role he's nestling into quite comfortably. And it seems to be working for him, actually, not being the actual PM, but kind of being PM by stealth. But at least this time he does have some of the skills required and does clearly know where he uh, where he needs to go. And uh, Karthik knows the products. Yeah, well, he knows two of them because they're vaguely Indian in nature or, or Asian in nature. So that makes him an expert because he knows Lenga and Rambutan. I was absolutely stunned at how little people knew about what I would consider reasonably well-known stuff this week. And did you actually write down what the products were? Uh, I don't think I wrote them all down. Right, can you remember them then? This is the generation game. Okay, so we have, in no particular order, take a photo and get it produced as a poster. Ding. Okay. We have a rambutan. We have a black African soap. Yep. How many? Uh, ooh, they ended up buying seven bars of it, so I don't know whether it was by weight. I think it might have been a kilo, but it was it was 150 grams a, a pack, so seven. I'll give you seven for that. Okay. Uh, we have American pool cue. Yep. We have Rambusto cigars. Yep. We have Bird of Paradise Flowers. That's five. <laughs> what else? Did we have the Tajine, obviously. Correct. Six. We have a Langer. Yep. Seven. Yep. Eight. What's the one item you've missed out? I can't think of the last bit. What else did they get? That's obviously nothing I wrote down. Oh, the bagels. Of course. Of course, the bagels. The rainbow bagels. Yeah, 200 rainbow bagels. Yeah, which was the one thing I did not not only know what they were, but also where to get them from. I would have gone straight to Brick Lane for those as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to be that much of a local expert, really, do you? No, I mean, some of them were ridiculous choices, like going to Belgravia for cigars. Yeah. I basically wrote down, what the hell are you doing? Even I know that's expensive. Yeah, well, they both went to weird, random places for it. I'm sure they must. There must have been a wholesaler somewhere in London. So Samuel takes over Hunter Ben's mantle as Sherlock when he theorizes that African black soap is soap that is black from Africa. From Africa, and um, Sofiane is a terrible, bad influence, and um, and also very distracting. He just basically crawls all over everybody, switches the lights off. Right, stop stop the task, I'm going to take a really cool photo. Just total one-track mind, wasn't it? It didn't, didn't matter what anyone else was doing. I'm getting this photo, okay? And Karsik goes very, very Indian. Full Indian mode. Clearly required in, in order to buy stuff. Although the people who were speaking to were not in full Indian mode, I noticed, but oh well. It's the people of his community. His community, specifically his community. Yeah, these are Kartik's people. And Dylan gets the first purchase when he completely diverts his sub-team to go to a pool club and begs and pleads for not a box, just the queue. Yeah, just just the queue. We don't, don't need a case, just give us a queue. It's not like pool halls are traditionally open all night or anything. Let's rush to get that one, guys. 
and they managed to pick it up for £20. Yeah, which seems like a reasonable deal. It's less than the other team got it for, so... It is. Fair dues. They paid 30 I think. They did. And Courtney confuses his postcodes and goes far, far out of London. Yeah, bless him. SE2 must be next to SE1, because that's how postcodes work. Mm, not quite, Courtney. <laughs> I'm afraid to tell you. Thamesmead, not near London Bridge. Uh, and Francis seems to think that East London is ghetto. <laughs> yeah, and she's in Hackney. That's Io's manor. So can't, can't be dissing Io's manor. It's a cool place to be. Especially when there's like helicopters swooping and Nicky and Danny are running around. Oh, that would have been great if they bumped into Nicky and Danny. It was filmed about the same time. Yeah, similar-ish. Yeah. And Paul manages to find a 24-hour bagel shop and negotiates them down to 35p a bagel, which is a £30 saving overall. Yeah, he did, he did quite well there, really. Got, got a pretty good price. And the one item where Nebula spent less than Titans. And yet, really, when you think about it, it's kind of the opposite of what they end up saying, because I think it looks like that place is probably open all night, so they probably, they might have even been better waiting till last and waiting for them to do a run ready for the next day's trade. But they got them anyway, so it doesn't really matter, and he managed to knock them down to a pretty reasonable price. But also, had they not bought those bagels then, the other team would have got them and probably been able to negotiate a little bit further down. Yeah, they may well have done. Um, like I said, I, personally, I would that would have been somewhere I'd have gone at about five in the morning because you know they're going to do it, and that's probably the time when they're producing most. But hey, they they got a good price, so well done. And he's from the same neck of the woods as the bagel shop. Yeah, so he knows Brit Lane well. Yeah, and Samuel's too polite to negotiate, so only gets thirty five p off his seven soaps after an hour of travelling. An hour of travelling <laughs> gets, gets a few pennies off his seven bars of soap. Well done, Samuel. It's 5p a bar. Woo! Well done, sir. And Sofian gets his poster printed up at £25. Bargain. Hmm, yes. This is one of those tasks, though, and it bugs me because it can go either way. And this could have been one of those examples where you don't always get to know precisely what the specifications are. And so having this printed out could have meant it had to be a certain size and it had to be a certain quality. Or on another task, it can be, yeah, as long as it's printed, that's fine. And it was very much in the eh, whatever camp this year. But we've certainly seen it in the past where he's been really stickly about it. They usually don't mention any specifications unless it comes up. Yeah, but you don't always get to see them unless they do make that slight tweak to the specifications and then suddenly it's, oh, you should have checked the specs. Um, but that didn't crop up this week, this year. No. And today we learned that lengers are very expensive. Certainly can be. <laughs> I think Kartik mentioned in the boardroom that they had lengers for £20,000. Yeah. Yeah, twenty grand. Yeah, I mean they they can be quite um, quite extravagant if there's a, a big wedding. Yeah, they were they're a hot ticket item. Twenty thousand pounds. <laughs> that will have like 
diamond and gold and it'll be incredible. It's like a wedding dress, isn't it? You know, it can be fairly cheap or incredibly expensive. And Karthik is apparently good at dealing with his community <laughs> and tries to impose his will upon the owners and say, you give it me for trade price, you're doing me a favour. Uh, it's all about rapport building, to build such a rapport that you can eventually say, you will make no profit from me today, but at least you will have had the experience of talking to Kartik. And gets no deal. I love the way the guy handles that. He's like, well, now we're friends. Uh, let me tell you about some other shops you should go to, because you're not buying anything from me, pal. That's not how deals work, Kartik. We're now far too friendly to be able to do a deal. That's that's the problem, Kartik. You built so good a rapport that I'm, I just can't do a deal with you anymore. It'd, it'd just be inappropriate to our friendship. So why don't you piss off over the road? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and Francis is direct, but finds a loophole and manages to get a saving by a child uh, by buying a child size Lenga. Yeah, again, you know, that specification thing, it could have been a bit of a mishap. It worked out perfectly. But compare and contrast the styles. Francis is great. Right, lowest price for a Lenga. What you got, mate? Yeah, I'm not paying that. Give me it for 25. Okay, cheers. Lenga in the bag. There is something very, very important that I need to point out here. A couple of years ago, he fired someone for not getting, or for trying to do this and getting around the rules on this task. Exactly, that's what I'm getting at. It, there is no consistency here. Sometimes you can bend the rules and and it's fine, and that's entrepreneurial and well done. And then other times you get fired for, well, obviously that's what I wanted. Wasn't it on a, a boat or something, or, a, or was it the skeleton? I can't remember. It was the skeleton. Yeah, and I remember being absolutely furious because as far as we were shown, they absolutely stuck to the rules, and yet not good enough and this is exactly the same thing but this time it's okay i think it all depends on how much of a specification they've put in it if they specifically say it has to be an anatomically correct skeleton you've probably got to buy a a resin one or whatever it is they're using yeah i should probably let it go but i was very very angry about it at the time because i think it was anatomically correct it was just not what he was expecting I completely agree. I was very, very angry with it as well. So I was I was half expecting that that's what we were going to get. It was going to be, well, obviously I meant for a woman, not for a child. I was fully expecting but, that to happen. But no, it's okay this time. So what we've learned is that Alan Sugar is hypocrite. Oh, who knew? And Kartik has the Asian persuasion. <laughs> the Asian persuasion. The guy is just a one-man walking cliche. <laughs> he's he's marvellous. I am. I'm on on board with. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm on board with Kartik now. I think. I I'm totally on board with Kartik. He, he is the character. He's brilliant. He's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. He's great, and, and I I don't want the inevitable day to come when he has to get fired because he can't win. But I just I'd like him to get to the final or very close to it because he's just hilarious. He's going to the interviews. I think he's he's going to go to the interviews and then get fired. 
Yeah, that will probably be the week he goes because he'll just talk himself out of the job. I don't even think he's going to get that far. <laughs> I think he's just generally, genuinely going to be the fifth place. Seriously, I can't work with you, Byron. Yeah, I think they'll keep him because he's going to be gold on that episode. He's he's going to tell some story. He's going to describe himself in such a way that is just absolutely fantastic. He's going to have point blank lied on his CV. Definitely. Definitely will have lied on his CV. He'll get caught out. It'll be hilarious. He goes home, but we get what we want. Which is Jessica winning. Yes, please. And Hunter Rebecca is apparently not very active, according to Paul. Yeah, a uh, bit of a downer on uh, Hunter Rebecca all the way through this episode from Paul. I, don't, I know she ends up not in a great place, but she's not doing that bad a job, I don't think, at this stage. No, I, I certainly don't think she should have been fired this week. No, I think she's very unlucky. Um, she made a call. Everyone agreed with her. It turned out to be a communication error, nothing more, and hilarious one. But that's it. That's all she's done wrong. She's got really involved, and that normally carries you through. I think maybe Shugsy should have said, Rebecca, you're being PM. Because that's usually what he does when someone volunteers in the boardroom. He just says, you know you're being PM. That's the mistake, is, is not taking the PM role. I'm still not sure it would have been the right choice for her. It's probably not the ideal task for her. It's just that was her time, and so there was an expectation. Unless, of course, she said... Look, I'm PM, but Trishna and Paul, you are my location guy. You tell me where we are, where you want to go, and where you think is best. Yeah, she could have done something like that. She would have had to do a lot of delegation, I think. I mean, Nebulous had a great plan of splitting the teams up, going, you're in East, you're in West. This is what each area specializes in. Go get it from there. And that's the local knowledge that helps. But... I'm still not sure Hunter Rebecca would have helped herself by stepping up. Maybe yeah. not. I oh, think yeah. it certainly went against her, though, regardless of how well she was going to perform. I think the fact that she didn't do it was not a good start. And I think the minute she goes in the boardroom, she's got an uphill battle from there. Had they won the task, though, as yet again they should have, then, you know, it would have been a, a victory for her because then she probably would have eased herself up and maybe volunteered next week. Yeah, I think she'd been quite unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so, in Belgravia, Alana is a reluctant negotiator, uh, but charms the seller into parting with 20 cigars for £145. Sounds like a bargain to me. But not to Karen Brady. Of course. Because sassy Lady Brady's not happy with anything, ever. Sassy hipster Lady Brady. I do apologise. Uh, yeah, she she doesn't like that she's a bit girly here. That's not the way Karen would have done it. I get that you are a strong businesswoman, but in The Apprentice, this is what some women do. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it fits Alana better than being Karen Brady. So, you know, judge, judge her on her own merit. She gets her job done. It just annoys me that she's nitpicking at people for doing things right. 
Yeah, and she's been like that all season. It's it's getting a little bit tedious that everything gets criticised, even when they're doing a reasonably good job. There's there's enough mistakes to find. You really don't need to start picking hole in the things that are working. Jessica's tactic is the complete opposite. The me dad. <laughs> I need some cigars for me dad, but I've only got about a fiver. That was the point in the episode where I was just watching it going. I really should be live tweeting in capitals the me dad, but but this this is just too wonderful a moment for me to not pay attention to Rebecca for, to Jessica. I know she's marvelous. The me dad, I've only got a fiver. Are you going to do me a deal, mate? <laughs> and surprisingly, the cigarful Dodger does not take kindly to that. Beautiful. I love that. I saw someone describe him as the Artful Dodger last night, and it it came to me when I was writing my notes up. I thought, well, he's not the Artful Dodger. He's the Cigartful Dodger. That's wonderful. I only got as far as George is clearly from a Dickensian novel. We're on the same lines, but he'd gone one step further. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I love the little bit when um, Sophie's like, do you know what? I think I should make the phone calls because you're not from London. Yeah, we do have we have phones up north, you know, mate. <laughs> we know how to make phone calls. And surprisingly, Jessica manages to get a deal just by wearing him down, basically. Yeah, just by not going away, which I think, you know, if I was faced with Jessica, I'd probably want to do a deal at that, at that time of night. I really don't need Jessica in my face. And you know what I always trust? Any supermarket that specialises in four different cuisines. Oh, yeah, they're they're clearly expert if they can do that. (laughs) It's the same reason that I don't like restaurants that specialise in more than one cuisine, because I just think, why half-arse it? Yeah, there's there's a clue in the title, specialism, really, isn't there? Yeah, we're a specialist generalist. (laughs) If you're too general, then you're not going to be focusing on anything good. No, you're quite right. You're spot on. And Paul, Francis, and Hunter Rebecca's one-stop shop was a complete mistake after the seller mistook Rebecca asking for African black soap on the phone as Campbell's soup. Oh, it was just wonderful, wasn't it? It, The Moroccan tagini becomes uh, tagina. Yeah, it becomes tahina, I think it is, which I've ne- which I haven't heard of. I have heard of a tagine, but I've never heard of tahina. Um, bless her. <laughs> You've got a feel for that because you know you can't really mitigate against that if you're on the phone and you ask someone, and you know it did sound like you were saying, yeah, yeah, we we we've definitely got these products, and as far as she's aware, it's some massive international supermarket, and then they get there, and it's basically a corner shop, and he's got he's got some gnaw packets of soup. <laughs> it's not so much black soap, more tomato soup. Oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good friendless moment. It's just, it's your classic, and at that point, Rebecca must have thought. I'm going home, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two two words for Rebecca at that point. Game over. <laughs> yeah. What a what a way to go. It's beautiful. It's it's poetic. <laughs> uh 
And Courtney's team get to 2.30 in the morning without having taken the photo for their poster. Yeah, and and actually, Courtney does have a point, is that of all the things that are likely to be 24-hour, getting getting a 24-hour print place is probably not going to be that much of a stretch. And, you know, again, it's that specification thing. How good does this photo need to be? It just just says, take a photo of a London landmark at night and get it printed. So he's probably right. Strategy is everything in this task. Yep. If you don't have the strategy, you don't win. Yep, correct. And sadly, we we saw Trishna's actually pretty good strategy just not work out for her because Courtney got fluky. Yeah, and to be fair, they didn't end up completely following their strategy. The whole one one team go east and one go west, they ended up kind of darting all over the place, which is kind of predictable. But uh, yeah, yeah, she was she was unfortunate that he fluked out, but he made some reasonable decisions, I think. Yeah. Uh, Courtney also negotiates with the exact same uh, bagel shop as Nebulous, but only gets 10p off per bagel, costing them £80 as opposed to Nebulous's 70 Yeah. Um, and given that he's, they've had to make it to order, still not that, that bad a deal, really. No. 40p a bagel's pretty good. The other team have got it for 35p for bagels that are sat around. They've got a custom order for 40p each. I think, yeah, it's all right. It's not a bad result. And we get the wonderful scene of Kartik struggling with an all-nighter as well. <laughs> yeah, the big K needs a big sleep. All night long. Dylan and Gronje are, again, not people I'd want to be stuck in a camp with at that kind of time of night. Can you imagine? It's the two Irish people ganging up on him. Come on, let's have some crack. (laughs) Come on, it'll be funny. It'll be great. Come on, we'll go all night. (laughs) Get fecking awake, you bastard. Bless him. He's he's worn out. He's been building rapport with people. And and his people have gone to bed now, so that's it. It's game over for him. And just a quick question. Is Morocco in Turkey? I think it is. I'm I'm not sure. It, it did strike me as odd that she's so... Alana's like, no, it's a Moroccan cooking pot. Everybody knows that. And then suddenly she has this crisis of confidence. She's like, yeah, I know that, but where is Morocco? Is it in Turkey? Hmm. Yeah, well, just a different continent. Yeah. Close enough, Morocco, Turkey, Africa, Asia. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, close enough. And... um Courtney ends up going to a Turkish supermarket to ask about a tagine. And surprisingly, they don't have it. Because, surprisingly, Morocco isn't in Turkey, and therefore a Turkish shopkeeper doesn't know about Moroccan cuisine. Who'd have thought? And Gronya ends up getting the flowers. Yeah, and, and does a good deal. I think she uh, she she does well there to uh, get to know the guy and, and, again, slightly bend the rules. Nobody said these had to be pristine flowers. And here, I think you, you're stretching the logic to a, a sensible place in that we're not actually going to do anything with these products. So it shouldn't really matter whether they're perfect or not. They are the right flower. So go for the cheap ones. So she does good. Good job. It depends on what the context of the challenge is as well. Because in the past, it's usually been like outfitting hotels and things. 
Yes, if, if it was clear that these were supplying for a purpose, then they would absolutely have been screwed on that one. But it's not. It's just tick, tick the list. That's all they've got to do. Did you buy the product you were supposed to buy? So in this case, I think it's good that she's um, thought a little bit laterally and, and saved a fortune because they're really expensive flowers. Yeah, they are. And Courtney is pretty laid back, which makes him the new JD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not not so keen on the cups of tea and the pasties. No, and he he, he doesn't just lurk by the phone every time it's answered. Well, yeah. Did you notice Samuel trying to get in on that action this week? He was he was in the background, but no no cups of tea. If you're going to do a job, Samuel, do it properly. Exactly. Don't half ass it. No. And with an hour left to go, Nebulous have five items left to buy, which means somehow they've only bought four, and Titans have four left to go. With an hour to go, that's not really a good position for either of them to be in. But then we blitz it with Hunter Rebecca getting a pool cue for £30. Yeah, she's happy with that. It's a third off. Well done. And Trishna gets two kilos of Rambutans for £19. Yeah, because she doesn't have 50p. That's that's when that's when you know that negotiation is really pushing it to its limits, isn't it? Oh, I haven't got fifty p. I don't know what sort of testicles that Jessica has ever seen, but I'm pretty sure she has never seen a testicle that looks like a rambutan. Well, there's only you that's assuming that's what she meant, Michael. She just said they reminded her of something else. Who knows what that could be? I think everyone else confirmed that she was thinking of balls. I think her reaction, yeah, I think Trishna's reaction in particular, <laughs> yeah. And also the fact it's Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much a double entendre, more a single entendre, really. Yeah. And Trishna sends Paul's sub-team on a time-limited mission to try and get at least one more item for them. Yeah, and it doesn't look like that's ever going to pay off, and um, then it turns out it does, and it's the other team that gets stuck, which is just a bit random, isn't it? You know, have we got time to go and do this? Yeah, I think you've just got about time. What about this team? How does that happen? Bizarre. And Courtney gets their post for £7.50, and Francis gets the flowers for £9. Yeah, and I do like the the flower guy was my MVP of the week because he's the first person who's ever actually said, hmm, you're up against it a bit, aren't you? Yeah, what if I were to rip you off? You've got no choice whatsoever. You're going to have to buy it. I thought, oh, I love this guy. You could you could keep him there forever. <laughs> Even more so than Alana with the cigars, who I probably would have made my MVP. Yeah, oh, I just loved him. He's like he's he's got it. He's he has understood this task better than either of the teams. So what you're saying is you desperately need to buy what I've got to sell. Hmm. The price has just gone up. Let's have a think about this. Brilliant. I like him. And the Titans team all make it to the Shard on time, as do Paul, Francis, and Hunter Rebecca, which means that Nebulous are getting a fine. Yeah, still sat in the car with the testicle fruit, I know. And Paul is proud of their sneakers with the linger, and Trishna gets praise for her initial plan, and Karen says that Jessica used pathetic tactics. Yeah, seems a bit unnecessary, really. I don't like it when uh, when they say things like that about Jessica, because that's not classic winner edit stuff, is it? Well, she's our winner. I know, that's what I mean, she's our winner pick, so don't be don't be dissing her. 
you know, we need to, to get away with slightly dubious decisions. It wasn't that bad anyway, to be honest. I don't think anyone would ever think that this is going to be a traditional series. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing traditional about this bunch of people. The way I have heard them described wonderfully by Nanu from uh, Survivor Sucks is a season full of pre-week six boots. Yeah, who's who's going to survive to the end? Because there's not really any standouts, but it's, I think that's going to make it more interesting towards the end, to be honest. Yeah. And Hunter Rebecca gets some more shade thrown at her. It starts to look like a bit of a picture building here, doesn't it? And then there's a brief discussion on Courtney's Thamesmead mistake, and then the results. And it's not even close this week, really. Nope. So, with the cigars, Nebulous spent £46.90 pence more than Titans did. With the Ramputans, they spent a fiver more than Titans did. With the Langer, they spent £36 less. Uh, with the Flowers, they spent £4 more. Bagels, they spent £10 less. Both teams got a penalty for the Tajini. Uh, with the Black Soap, Nebulas got a penalty because they didn't uh, get it. With the Pulku, Nebulas spent £10 more. And with the Poster, they spent a lot more. <laughs> yeah, but Sofian's got a lovely picture to put on his wall. They spent £16.50 more. Because the numbers actually didn't add up, by the way. Oh, didn't they? No, because in the case of the poster, it added up that the po- they actually only spent spent twenty four pounds on the poster, not twenty five. Yeah, I think I think he said twenty four in the end. I think when um, at the negotiation, it wasn't particularly clear, but I think he did say go on then twenty four. And with fines of one hundred and fifty seven pounds seventy five pence, Nebulous lose yet again and become. The history-breaking, losingest team in Apprentice history. No team has ever lost six in a row. It's a disaster. It really is. And yeah, not even close this week. Over 100 quid out. Miles away. Somehow Nebulous managed to cock up their sixth task on the drop. And again, they could so easily have won it. It's just bizarre how they keep shooting themselves in the foot week after week. And with the fines, they still wouldn't have won. No, no, it wasn't just the fine, no. If their fine was dropped to 75 quid like uh, Titans was, they still would have lost. Yeah, just they just did a bad job. They did. And Courtney says that he had a clear strategy, which I'm not 100% about, but, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. And Sugar actually checked his sat-nav to prove that Trishna's theory of one team stays east, one team stays west did not work out. No, and that could have been critical because they they ended up fannying around a lot and wasting a lot of time. So I think that's probably has gone in her favour that at least she set out a good strategy. It might not have come to fruition, but uh, it started well. So, yeah, it was never looking like Trishna was going to me. No, no, it was between Safian and Rebecca. Yeah. And Hunter Rebecca gets some more heat for the soap incident, and Sofian becomes a scapegoat because everyone hates him. Yeah, um, because he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. And surprisingly, Hunter Rebecca and Safian are the two picks to come back to the boardroom. Did you disagree with that? 
No, it was it was going that way right from the beginning. As much as we are very pro Hunter Rebecca, no, no. At, at best, you can make a stretch that Jessica didn't negotiate well on the cigars, but she got a deal, so it's kind of hard to push that one. I'm not sure you could have made the argument for Jessica, Paul, or Francis to come back. And in her favour, they were for a dad. Exactly. For me dad. I've only got a fiver. Uh, yeah, so it would have been it would have been a real stretch to not bring Sof and Rebecca. Anyone who didn't bring Sofian back probably would have deserved to get fired after that task. Yeah, and again, for what, now the fifth week running, missed opportunity to get rid of him. Yeah. And Francis is singled out on her way out for still not having won a task. Yeah, and I was thinking about that. She's not put in a bad performance. You know, she, there there is a thing about being on the losing team that, you know, it, it's going to stick with you. But it's not for the want of trying, to be fair. And I, and I think that's why he kind of just reminds her about it. But he's not really making a big deal about it. There's not a lot she can do at the moment. I guess he might be subtly hinting that she might want to take charge and make sure that they win next week, um, which would be interesting to see. But, you know, she's doing an all right job. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the lowest number of task wins by a winner of a season is four at the moment, and that includes winning the show. So three of 11 tasks, and that was Tom. So she is getting very close to maybe setting a record if somehow she won. Yeah, I don't think she'll win. No, I don't think she will either. She's not She's she's not having bad coverage. She's, she's a little bit too self-congratulatory for me. She's... Um... She's always talking about how great she is. She's PM next week. Oh, there you go. That's that's what he's getting at, isn't it? I think. I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah. And Trishna says that she's the only girl not to crumble during the process, and Sofian admits in his CV that he is loud and obnoxious. But but that's how you get on this show, so you can hardly blame him in this circumstance. <laughs> and Sugar says that the task failed because of the lack of strategy, and as a result... Hunter Rebecca's time on the run is over. Yep, hand on the shoulder. I must admit I had been waiting desperately to say that. Yeah, I'm I'm sad to see her go. I really did enjoy her. I thought she was fabulous on your fire. I think she's been a great character, but that's it. She is a grade A stare, as the Irish would call it. She is one of my favourites early boots <laughs> for one very good reason because her final words are iconic yes definitely definitely my certainly my favorite cab speech when i was discussing this at work with some of my colleagues this morning they didn't believe me when i word for word said what hunter rebecca had said in the cab i almost didn't believe it myself when i heard it my favourite bit of it is the fact that she actually apologised to her father for saying that word. <laughs> yeah. well, it's one of those words. Uh, but it was just wonderful. I just And she's right. She is absolutely on the money. <laughs> the way to win this is to be a bit of a twat. And she wasn't. She was nice. She was, she was doing a, a, the best job she could. She was very friendly, very, very, very charismatic. Not a big enough twat to win this game. 
her You're Fired was just wonderful. If, if anyone has not seen You're Fired from this week, watch it because it was a, a wonderful one. Yeah, it was great. You're Fired lives or dies by how good the actual contestant is. If it's someone who's a bit boring, then it's not going to be worth watching. But she was, even though she was under-edited vastly, she was a star on You're Fired. Yeah, she was brilliant. She and she's she's taking it in absolutely the right spirit. She's wonderful. The best bit of it for me was that she fully admitted she should have got fired. She was like, "Yeah, I was just missing me kids." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's done. She's done what she wanted to do. She got on. She's managed to get several plugs in for her business. Great, good on her. She'll she'll have picked up a few thousand Twitter followers, probably. Me included. Yeah, and me. So, yes, you've got to play the bigger game, haven't you? you know? do, do, the reality is, how many people really, really, really do want to go into business with Alan Sugar? I wouldn't. What I'd quite like is half a dozen weeks of primetime TV showing that I'm quite smart. That'll do me. The fact of the matter is, he has fired people in the interview stage for not being able to give up 50% of the shares. So I wonder how it would have worked with Hunter Rebecca, given that I'm assuming her sister owns half of the uh, the shares as well. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I mean, people will say anything to get on the show, and the reality is she's just got some really good publicity out of it. Great, fabulous, because we've had lots of fun for a few weeks. She's had a good time. Yeah, I'm happy with that. But it's terrible for the Hunter family because they lost the series again. And now Rebecca's fired and can't bring home the quarter of a million pound investment. What Thursday night's going to be like for the the Hunter, Flex and Julie family? I know. What are they going to do? They're, they'll go into hibernation until Series 3 now. And Sofiane is warned on the way out not to be an autocrat. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or twat, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that that's a much more factual way of describing him. He almost should have taken his cue. You know, clearly this is a word that's now allowed on The Apprentice. I think he should have just said, Sofiane, don't be such a twat. You're fired. I still can't believe he hasn't fired more than one person and that one, more than one person wasn't Sofiane for... There's been four or five weeks he could have got rid of him. We are now six weeks in. We have four boots left or four boardrooms left for him to boot people and there are 11 people left so there needs to be six firings in four weeks yeah painting himself into a bit of a corner i think he is the whole reason that they increased the cast size was to allow him to boot as many people as he wanted when he wanted um you know he's not taken advantage of that despite the fact that I would have fired Sofiane about. I would have fired Sofiane in the week he was PM because he was useless. I would have fired him last week because he was useless, and I would have fired him this week because he was useless. I would have fired Samuel as winning PM last week because he was useless. No, he's, he's had opportunities. So, I mean, obviously he knows what tasks are coming up. Maybe he's expecting that one of them is just going to be such a disaster that he'll get three in one hit. Uh, who else probably deserved it? I'm just looking through the, the list at the moment. Paul probably should have gone for being aggressive and useless last week. He should have fired Mackay a week earlier than he did, but he didn't. I mean, I said to you last night that I think the reason that 
Sofian wasn't fired this week is because it's the sales test next week and to give Nebulous a fighting chance. But still, please don't do it over Hunter Rebecca. Hunter Rebecca's awesome. And, and I don't think he'll perform. Oh, no, he was terrible in the last sales task. <laughs> We're just going to basically see him being a bit poor again before eventually he gets fired. There's, there's clearly some reason for it. I don't know. But do you remember who the MVP of the last sales task was? Jessica! Yeah, Jessica was great when it came to selling. Yeah, because she could be in the window and selling at the same time. One woman sales machine, Jessica. So I am hoping that Nebula's win next week. Just so Francis looks good, Jessica looks even better, because Jessica got kudos for the last sales task. And it means that we have the chance of one of the awful, awful people on Titans going next week, or maybe more than one. Yeah, and I would imagine Kartik will do well on a pure sales task as well. Yeah, I think the Titans are in a lot of danger next week, and I'm looking at you, Courtney, and I'm looking at you, Samuel. Yeah. I'd, I'll go along with that. There's there's nothing that we've seen so far that suggests that either of those two are going to make it that far. I think it's probably a double firing, and I think it's probably those two next week. That's my inkling. Did you agree with Hunter Rebecca's firing? I'm guessing no, but... No, I don't think she should have gone. I can see the logic behind it. Um, I, th- I genuinely think not being PM is the reason she went, and I can kind of forgive that. But no, I I would have kept her... Sofiane would have gone for me. Yeah, I agree. Sofiane is a disruptive, awful, awful presence. <laughs> and should have been fired. Adds nothing. Adds absolutely no value whatsoever. So he needs to go. Yeah. And next time, teams head to pool to sell boat stuff. On quite possibly the worst day to sell outdoor pursuits gear of all time. For one, Jessica doing anything Adrenaline Junkie is going to be hilarious. Yeah. And then, also on top of that, it looks like an absolute shit show of a task, purely because the weather is awful. Weather looks absolutely diabolical, and that is not going to make for a fun day. The team who wins is probably going to get about 10 quid. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be one sale versus zero, I would imagine. And on your fired, everyone, including Rebecca herself, agreed that she should have been fired. Yeah, everyone in the world except us, I think. Yeah, which leaves her with one of the worst records in Apprentice history. I think, though, sometimes the audience particularly go with how comfortable the person is that they got fired. I think if if they're as open as Rebecca was and said, yeah, my time was gone, then they'll go, yeah, good decision. But if if they try and challenge it, then they go, no, 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 bad decision. Have I ever mentioned that I do have an apprentice spreadsheet? Uh, yeah, you've mentioned your spreadsheet. Yeah, I, I, I know I've mentioned the Amazing Race one, but I quantify apprentice um, just so I have a a ranking of who is basically the best. And the way I do it is a task win gets you one point, a task win as PM gets you two, and the reverse if you lose. If you're in the boardroom, you lose a point as well. And depending on the votes for your fired, you either get plus one or minus one for each vote. Yeah, Rebecca ended on minus 14. (laughs) Which is quite spectacularly bad. Yeah, well, she didn't have a great track record of tasks for a start. No, she she lost all six tasks. 
she got five negative votes on your fired and was in the boardroom three times. And yet we still love her, which goes to show how good a character she was. She has one of the worst records ever, and I'm just trying to find if there's anyone who actually ended their time lower than her, and I don't think there is ever. There was someone who was worse, which was Michael Sophocles getting minus 15, including a spectacular minus 6 in his final week. Oh, ouch. He lost his PM and was in the boardroom and got all three your fired votes. Not a great final episode, that. So, who do you think is getting fired next week? I'm with you. Uh, I think Courtney and Samuel are almost certainly in the firing line should that team lose. Um, if things carry on the way they have been, though, and we don't see an upturn in Team Nebulous... I feel like they're building up to Nebulous finally winning a task, and I know I've been saying this the past couple of weeks, but I feel like Nebulous have got to win sometime. And I think the best story would be Francis winning SPM purely because she's lost all six tasks. I know the editing's been a bit wonky, this series, purely because these people are a bit wonky. But the traditional editing says they're tipping us off. They were tipping us off last week with Reconaut stepping up this week, and they're tipping us off with Francis taking her fate into her own hands and winning his PM next week. Yeah, and they and they did point it out at the end of the last episode, which would make a nice little link back. And I, I don't know who is PM next week for Titans, but my inkling says Carter. It's pure sales, and also on top of that, only him and Dylan haven't stepped up for their team. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, that was what I would expect. Um, who will go? I don't know. I think it it will be it will be down to next episode. I think either Courtney or Samuel have both shown enough that they're either of them are ready to go. So, is there anything else to say about that episode? No, other than finally, I think we're hitting the heights that we we deserved of this series. Um, it's getting good now. I am getting emotionally engaged in it. We still haven't had the promised virtual reality episode yet. <laughs> we still haven't. <laughs> Does that mean I get to pitch for my Merlin Pass again? I love that they teased us with that, and it's probably going to be the penultimate task before the interviews. Yeah, and it's probably going to be rubbish. <laughs> I just don't know how they can make it into a task. That's the thing. Who knows? They'll somehow crowbar it in, don't worry. I can't get my head around how they're going to make that into a task. Unless it's like selling a virtual reality experience or something. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? It could be like a little ride or something. I don't know. Who knows? So, thank you for listening to this View from the Black Cab podcast. You can join us next week to recap episode 7. And if you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Harmstead for me, and Bullsboy for Anthony. See you next week. Thanks for the opportunity.